You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's pay-per-view after show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's pay-per-view after show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to UFC AfterBuzz. My name is Chris Kloss, sitting next to Raven. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Daria Baronado in front of me, the beautiful, and of course, the one and only Jay Tan. Welcome, guys, to the show. We are fresh off the heels. It was just last night. UFC Fox Saturday night. What an event we saw. And we are here to recap everything. Unbelievable. First off, this was the first time ever for the UFC in Orlando. And they did not disappoint. This event was sold out for weeks. It was a jam-packed, sold-out show at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. But let's start off. I want to start off with you, Daria, because I want to talk about Misha Tate. Versus Liz, Liz Carmucci and what a Ooh. knockdown dragout this was. <laughs> I, I want to start talking about, but I'm gonna let you do that. All right. First of all, first of all, I want to say that Orlando was way overdue. I think having such a powerful team like American Top Teams down in South Florida, I mean, it, it was just perfect. And they had five other guys there, so it was convenient. They went five and zero, oh, five wins. I like that. All right. So Misha Tate versus Liz Carmucci. The first round, Misha admitted in the after press conference, she was slow. She she came out dragging. And she said it was because of her loss, her past two losses, uh, Ronda Rousey. She came out so fired up and she felt like she just got pushed back. So I, I give her leniency on that. I see what she was going for, but she just got trampled. Uh, she got, there were so many takedowns, like we were saying when we were watching it earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was just getting taken down. She was getting rolled against the cage. She just completely dominated with uh, Carmucci's ground game. She should have known that going in. Mm. She should have tried to uh, stand up with her a little further. Do you think uh, Misha was making too many cupcakes the night before or so? <laughs> I just had too many cupcakes outside. Oh, yeah? I heard no, they were out there. But, um, <laughs> but no, she she saved it a little bit in the second round. In the second round, um, the last minute, she completely dominated. She had the, the guillotine. That's true. Yeah. She held her in the guillotine, for, I think, for like the last 30 seconds it was. Oh, it's like a minute? Yeah. yeah. And, and give it up. I mean, it, a lot of people would have tapped on that one. Yeah. No, I, I was waiting for it. I was like, it's over. It's yeah. over. Misha Tate won. And, um, and then she got out of it. So, uh, and then third round, she completely stole it. I mean, she, she, was, she was dominating. She got the rear naked choke at the end. So, I, I was happy with it. But, um, like me and Jay were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. it depends how you how you score these. Do you score them by time of domination mm-hmm. or, or, or strength and obscurity of it? So it's like, Misha Tate had the most attempts, the most chances at finishing, but as far as time goes, Liz Carmouche dominated longer. Yeah. So. To fill in the blanks uh, for everybody, uh, Misha Tate won by unanimous decision. The uh, I believe the scores were twenty nine twenty eight across the board. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so what generally uh, the general consensus is that, as Daria said, 
Liz won the first uh, first round. Second round, Liz dominated. She was on top. She had control for most of the round, but that last minute, um, you know, a lot of fighters and or people in the community will say that you can sometimes steal a round if you have a really good last half mm. or last minute because you're only talking about two and a half. Uh, Half of a round is two and a half minutes. Um, and then the third round was, was Misha all the way. There was no question about that. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to how you look at the second round. That second round. Mm-hmm. Misha's one minute definitely was more dominant in the threat of actually finishing the fight and finishing Liz than Liz's was uh, for the first three, three and a half minutes, I'd say. That's my opinion. So the question is, well, Liz dominated. She, she controlled most of that five-minute round, you know? But... Misha had a stronger, uh, a stronger, you know, last half. So, did did Misha steal the round? In this, in the eyes of the judges, yeah. Um, well, you can listen to what Dana White said. He said we wouldn't have this problem. Just, just make it a finish. Mm. A lot of people complained. You know, it was too close. Uh, it, it should have been me. It should have been her, or him. And Dana White said at the post press conference, he mm. said, "Well, why don't you just finish it? We wouldn't have this issue." Is that a solution you, you agree with? I mean, is that <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't go to the finish, unfortunately. I'm just no, putting that out there. That's it's hard. You know. <laughs> well, I think uh, I should, wouldn't mind seeing that. She's probably going to have to come in here and uh, defend her victory then. Sure. And bring some cupcakes. Oh, because <laughs> we love cupcakes. Yeah, we do. Well, right now, I want to uh, remind all our uh, fans, not just for this show, but of all After Buzz shows, follow After Buzz on. Twitter at AfterBuzz TV. Uh, Jay, the main mm-hmm. event went the uh, went the distance. Yep, went the distance. Which a lot of people didn't uh, didn't really think that yeah. was going to happen. Fabricio Verdum won a five round fight over uh, Travis Brown, Travis Hoppa Brown, and um, what this was this was a number one contenders match right, yeah. for uh, a shot at Cain Velasquez, yeah. the UFC heavyweight champion. Um, for I think a lot of people. Didn't expect it really to. I th- they expected it at least to be a bit more competitive. Um, Verdum went uh, pretty much. I, I hate to use a cliche, dominated, as we've already run it out <laughs> in the beginning of the show here. But it was Fabricio Verdum's fight pretty much all throughout. Uh, the scores were fifty forty five, fifty forty five, and forty nine forty six. And what that means is that uh, two of the three judges uh, scored the uh, scored the match. All five rounds of the match for right. Fabricio Verdum. All judges. All, two of the three judges. Two of the did. three judges, all five rounds. And right. one of them scored the round 49 46. So one judge gave a round to, mm-hmm. uh, to Travis Brown. Right. I'm not sure which round that was, quite frankly. Uh, I had it 50 45 as well. Fabricio Verdum just really looked like in his, in his element. You know, better, everything better was. Better than ever. Better yeah, than ever. Everything was popping. Um, for people that don't know, this guy's big claim to fame is that he finished a guy named. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko, who was at one point the top pound-for-pound guy uh, in the world, considered practically unbeatable. Um, what about the injury? Uh, the injury. Which they, one? They mentioned afterwards. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Well, well, that that is an extra facet in in the match itself, which right. you, did, you wouldn't have known at watching uh, watching the match. Um, Travis Hoppe Brown is a guy, former college basketball player, that's uh, right, yeah. really kind of one of the more up-and-coming young guns of the sport. Um, he's from a newer generation, I'd say, and has has had uh, he's been on a blaze, blazing trail um, leading yeah. up to this fight. And I'm sure we'll see him uh, pick up again afterwards. Um, he just wasn't getting off like he normally does. He looked sluggish and tired midway into the first round for the rest of the match. Um, Later on, people are after the press conference. It was announced that um, 
people thought that he might have broken his rib, mm-hmm. uh, also suffering from a broken hand early in the match. That would certainly explain things a lot. Um, whether that did or didn't uh, play a factor, you know, is is a question that only he would know. But conventionally speaking, that would explain a lot. So, you know, we didn't get to see the back and forth, even keel match, uh, you know, in explosives that uh, that we thought we were going to see. Right. But that said, you know, Verdum just looked like I said in his element. He looked fantastic. All cylinders were popping. Um, and, and Hoppe as well, you know, he, he got his shots in. He was landing a few. Uh, he's known for his devastating knees the and knees, elbows, yeah. and that has finished guys like Josh Barnett. Um, we didn't get to see that in this show. But, I, you know, certainly not the last we've seen of Hoppe. I think his best days are ahead of him. We now. saw, we saw. I'm sorry, we saw a couple interesting things, though. That was the first time was uh, Hoppe was taken down, mm-hmm. right? It was mm-hmm. taken down. Yeah. And also, Verdum tied a record, did he not, uh, with, with the win streak? I'm not sure I, uh, I know this stat. For, uh, I'm trying to remember the stat at the end of the fight, but it was the mm-hmm. uh, four, four in a row. And it's same as tying the guy who he's going against for the title now. Oh, oh, f- yeah. Dean Velasquez. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, I mean, interesting things, interesting uh, things that happened, but but like you said, not that explosive fight that we thought we were going to well, see. Well, I and wanted that was to... A, go ahead. That was the thing that it, it wasn't as explosive as people thought. And, and just going into the third round, I was wondering, like, you know, if we're doomed, could he really hang with Kane mm-hmm. once that fight comes along? You know, but it's... It's going to be interesting because Kane's coming back from a, uh, a shoulder injury, mm-hmm. I believe. So it's going to be interesting once that fight happens if Verdum's going to be as explosive, right? You know, coming in against a, a champion who is coming right off of a surgery. Mm-hmm. So I know. think not. I think the match is going to be. Uh, it's, a, it's a match I want to see. Yeah. You know, right now I right, think it's going right, to be every right. bit as exciting as it could be if if we see Verdum show up, the Verdum last night show up. I think it's going to be a, a tough. Uh, It'll be a tough challenge for Kane. Well, I think so too, especially coming off of an injury. Mm-hmm. Not not Kane. to take away from Verdum, but I I would I would go back and disagree and just to say that uh, Travis's injury had more so to do with his his windedness. I don't think he's known for something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's true. The yeah. broken the, rib yeah. and the broken hand in the first round of the fight, which was almost confirmed by Dana White. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he said it pretty. Pretty confidently, he didn't say, "Oh, it's it's skeptic, it's this." It's that he said he had yeah. a broken rib cage yeah. and a broken hand in the first round. That's right. That's something to me, you know, as as someone who is training and has fought, it's like, oh my god. Yeah. I have a, you know what I mean. So I think that would have a lot of effect, even with the adrenaline in place, on on you know on his uh, adrenaline and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I would assume so, but uh, you know, it's. You never know. It's a big difference between us watching on the screen or in the yeah, seats absolutely. and those two guys in the cage. Like we always talk about. Um, speaking of two guys in the cage, how about that for a segue here? What a segue. Oh. <laughs> oh. The fifth oh man in the studio. Um, Special guest today. We've yes, been hiding him. Indeed. Um, he is the self-proclaimed pound-for-pound pound best hair on television, uh, which is no challenge to my title as the best pound-for-pound because pound, we're on the internet. So yeah. I'm going to let him win that one. Better than um, my hair? Kenny Florian has been a household name to UFC fans since 2004, I believe, possibly 2005. He was on the first season of Ultimate Fighter and uh, has competed against some of the top guys and had some classic matches in his, uh, was it Kenny, shall we say, 10-year uh, run in the UFC? Nine. Uh, yeah, well, Nine 2000, no, it's less than that. It was 2005 to 2011. Okay. I thought the season, yeah. 
Well, you're still with uh, you're still with yeah, the still UFC. Still with the UFC, but I, yeah, I haven't fought since 2001. Yeah, <laughs> so there you um, go. The memorable matches uh, against guys like uh, sorry, Sam Stout, Takanori Gomi, Clay Guida. Those guys are always favorites to watch. And uh, I'll just say that you know if you get in the argument with Kenny, don't let him go behind you. Stand in front <laughs> of him. Um, so Kenny Ken Flo Forian Ken Flo, pardon me. Now, uh, analyst and commentator for uh, for UFC on Fox shows or uh, the Fox shows on Fox Sports One, mm-hmm. uh, as well as co-host for UFC Tonight, which is on Tuesdays. And you said moving to Wednesdays. It's it's so oh, it's been Wednesdays. Yeah, it, I'm sorry, it, yeah. that's right. Okay, yeah, Wednesday nights. Yeah, it's on my DVR. It's that and Agents of Shield. There that's my night because <laughs> Tuesday nights is chasing Maria oh. on the Oxygen Network. Oh, nicely done, sir. At 10 p.m. Someone's got to pay the bills. So privileged to have you here Welcome, in the studio. Katie. Thank you for the Afterbus Studios. <laughs> Welcome, welcome. So, what's your thoughts on uh, talk about? Uh, you know, we've chatted a bit about last night. What were your thoughts on uh, on the show? And it was a great night. It, it was a great night for the UFC. Um, I thought that uh, the main event um, was a little shocking to me. I think um, I, I would go even further uh, than what you guys are talking about. In that, Travis Brown was the favorite. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think there were many people that picked Fabrizio Verdum to win. So. Hmm. Um, you know, the fact that uh, it was competitive was something, but the fact that he was dominant in that mm-hmm. win was, was another thing. And, yeah, you know, of course you had, um, you know, the, the rumors about him uh, breaking his hand, which, you know, uh, it looks like that that may have happened. Um, but, you know, the broken rib, uh, it, it seems like it wasn't something that he came in with, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, people were saying that about Uriah Faber, you know, against Hennon or, or whenever it was his first fight against Hennon Burrell, they were like, well, he fought with a broken rib. It's like, well... Hannah Burrell kicked him in the rib, and then he <laughs> broke that rib. So right. it was because of something That's that Hannah Burrell okay. did. Right. So uh, Verdum did do something to obviously to to do that to to um, Travis Brown. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting because Travis Brown, you know, to me, uh, I felt like his last performance against Josh Barnett was pretty flawless. Um, mm-hmm. But we have seen him get dominated in the past. We saw him get dominated by Overeem. Mm-hmm, A lot of people yeah. forget about that. Uh, Travis Brown, I feel like, um, needs to organize his striking into something that's more settled down. I feel like he's mm. so talented, he's so physically gifted, but he throws a lot of mm-hmm. techniques at it, but there's no kind of um, Not a through line rhythm. Strategy. Yeah, it's, it, you know, and I think he settled down, I think, in the fourth or fifth round a little bit and looked better in the fourth, I think it was, mm-hmm. and he looked better. I just feel like sometimes he gets a little bit. I don't know if he spazzes out or whatever. Hmm. He's too, you know, too much nervous energy. But um, when Travis Brown settles down, he's a dangerous guy. And, and um, but Verdum just had too many options as far as uh, from his jiu-jitsu game to his striking. He, he was just uh, all, all over uh, Travis Brown. It, it was surprising and a huge win for Verdum. Would you agree that that was probably one of the best uh, Verdums we've seen? Uh, without a doubt. And, yeah. and Travis, I mean, Verdum is, is a gamer, man. You know. Um, He's one of those guys who seems to turn it on when it counts and uh, mm-hmm. uh, definitely had a, a big performance against a tough guy in Travis Brown. You know? Yeah. Now, with the uh, UFC being what it is today, uh, you know, probably the biggest sports entertainment company around, you've been in there for a long time or around the UFC system, taking it all the way back to season one mm-hmm. of The Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. So seeing how we're, I think, what, season Nineteen, twenty, I believe. Yeah. Ultimate Fighter. Going on to nineteen, I believe. Yeah, yeah. adding all the not other, including the adding all the countries. Probably like twenty four, twenty five seasons. Yeah. 
How do you think uh, the reality show itself has evolved from your season to the most present season? Man, you know, I think that we've had our ups and downs as far as talent uh, on the show. Sometimes we haven't had the best guys uh, as far as, you know, fighter-wise. Sometimes we've had great TV. Sometimes we haven't had great TV, Hmm. um, you know, on the shows. But, you know, I think they found a pretty good balance of finding – entertaining characters and good fighters. Uh, I think we've come to kind of a, a nice happy medium with, with the seasons uh, lately. Um, but it certainly hasn't turned out huge stars necessarily. I mean, Kelvin Gastelum is maybe one of the more promising guys out of the uh, last several seasons. Um, I don't know if we had that same stuff. Like season one, season two, season three, season four, we had a bunch of guys who end up Getting to a very high level on the show, of course, mm-hmm. Matt, you know Matt Sarah ended up winning. Um, we've had some some winners in the past, but as of late, we haven't had guys that have gotten to that high high level. You know, not not certainly not a, a whole lot anyway. So um, it's not necessarily you know, a guarantee that you're going to get your UFC contract if you're on this that too. That has changed uh, right. definitely. Yeah, and whereas before, yeah. also in the first couple seasons, or at least in the first two, probably. Nobody was guaranteed. I remember no one's guaranteed a contract. I remember that first season that you were on, mm-hmm. you know, guys were were crying like their life had ended when they lost that match in the house. Right. And now I it's think like just about everybody got picked up for at least one match uh, in that first season. Yeah, and now now it's slim pickings. I mean, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of guys that don't make it even if they make it to the finals. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get mm-hmm. signed. So it's yeah. it's very competitive. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, each division is is getting more and more stacked. So yeah. Is it comparable to all the singing and competition shows we see today? Like, the, like the number one spot is, yeah. is the number one for like a year until the next one comes. Right. And... Yeah. I mean, kind of, uh, kind of. You know, uh, it. I can't tell you how many guys who have won the show who are no longer mm-hmm. with even the a UFC. Name, right? yeah, yeah. Even a name. So, it's tough, man. It's 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 a tough business in all aspects. There's no doubt. Bigger um, I wanted to ask you, Kenny, uh, working on not only like you said the reality show. Uh, Fox on uh, UFC on Fox, and then the, you've been a fighter. And what you, the transition? What yeah. what have you learned production wise? Yeah, uh, you know, transitioning from a fighter to an analyst. Uh, you're in the same field, but yeah. Um, in other words, give us some pointers. Right. <laughs> no, no. You guys are doing great. We don't I don't know what the hell I, we're yeah, doing here, guys. We're doing great. You said, you see, I, we're doing yeah, great. you guys are doing great. I I, I think that. Uh, <laughs> You know, what What really has helped me everything from fighting to doing the, the TV work uh, is repetitions, man. I'm a, a big thing on on, uh, on drilling. You know, drillers are killers. That's what I used to say all the time, and, and it's absolutely true. Uh, the, the more repetitions you mm-hmm. get, uh, the better you're going to become. And um, I, I was lucky that uh, back in 2007 or 2008, I believe, uh, I, I kind of got recruited by, by ESPN to start this new show that they were doing called MMA Live, and uh, we were on the internet uh, – Back then, then eventually moved to ESPN2, and then Fox brought me over when they signed a deal with, with uh, UFC. So um, I, I was lucky that I had a, a ton of repetitions. I had a great, you know, a great producer that gave me excellent feedback all the time, told me all the things I was doing wrong and what I needed to do to improve, and I'd go back and watch my shows and all that stuff. So um, th- that has helped me a lot, and I still I, I feel like I'm, I'm still very much a baby at this. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn every single day. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, but it's been fun, man. It, it, it's been a fun trip. It's it's crazy. Yeah. There's a sign of a good color commentator when somebody who's a fan of the sport or is, is in it 
um, can still learn from color commentary. Yeah. And I was thinking on my way over. Um, I actually wanted to put it into the uh, your, the intro here, but for casual fans out there, this is the guy that you want to you want to listen to. Pay attention yeah. to his broadcasts. Um, Rogan, yeah, I've I've been involved in the sport since uh, about '05 or '06, uh, promoting side, but I've just learned so much listening to guys like Rogan and you as well. You break things down. You know, I mean. Raven will appreciate this reference, but this is the real cerebral assassin. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't mean that. To, yeah, little, uh, <laughs> it's not just lip service, but that's little, one of the great hey, things for fans. You. you want to know more about this sport? Listen to the broadcasts. These guys know what they're talking about, and right. especially you know, having a career like yours, um, the insight that you can get it just will open up the the sport mm-hmm. to you so much more. So, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to enjoy it. On a higher level, really. And plus, he still gets to travel to all the shows and not have to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to get I don't have to get hit in the face as much, which is which is great. That's I'm still a great bonus. relatively close to the cage. But yeah, sometimes I get some blood on me, but that's all right. Yeah. It's not your blood, <laughs> right? Exactly. Anymore. As long as it's not my blood. Yeah. Don't yeah. Leave the other guys. But that's something about you as a fighter is that you were always an intellectual fighter. I felt that. Um, it, it so much comes through in your character. I mean, you, you were a college-educated educa- man. Uh-huh. You went to Boston College, communications major. So go I feel Eagles. like... <laughs> go Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston? Come yeah. on now. I feel like... Sorry. Let me, let me pull up the, the rankings where the Yankees are at right now. The guy with the it's Celtics. Still early. The Celtics it's still very early. Out. Yeah, it's the Celtics jersey. Come it's on, only for Kenny. Uh, right, right. man on Easter. No, but I just felt like all of your fights that I've seen have been so educated. Yeah, thanks. It's like... Um, like he said, you've planned, you've thought about it. You're known, obviously known for your killer elbows. I, I, I didn't have uh, a tremendous amount of, of, of like physical strength or anything like that. So I, I felt like I kind of had to rely on, on technical ability and, and strategy and things like that. So, it worked. Uh, yeah, it, it, helped me, it helped me out. I, I didn't uh, have some of the physical gifts as the other guys. It was just no. a, a Romero who could just throw you yeah. around whatever <laughs> right? he wants. Yeah, yeah. Now, being uh, the, the commentator that you are now, the analyst, besides Chel Sonnen, do you see anyone else that you know has the ability to, to cross over from a fighter to mm. an analyst? Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of intelligent guys out there who, who know the sport, who are students of the game, and I think that that's the most important thing, is um, a guy who gets it, a guy who knows how to uh, communicate uh, when it counts, a guy who knows how to teach uh, a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. a guy who knows the game. And I think that that's the most important thing. There, there are a bunch of college-educated guys out there, and and um, I know that uh, Fox and the UFC are, have been um, looking for, for more people. So um, I, I know that they're out there. It, it just, you know, some, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes I'll see a guy who's very well-educated, can speak very well, he knows the game. And then once that red light comes on, man, I, I've, I won't name names, but I've seen. But it rhymes I've seen with. Bad, I've, yeah, exactly. I've seen some some bad tryouts, you know. All right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Maybe but. maybe our former guest, Rich Franklin. You said someone that knows how to teach. Rich does a great mm-hmm. job. You know, Rich. Uh, I've seen Rich do some stuff. He did um, a couple episodes, I think, of MMA Live back in the day for ESPN. Okay. So yeah, he he knows his stuff. A smart guy and knows how to communicate for sure. All right, we'll yeah. have to give him a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why we're talking about MMA? Because you know the topic's going to change to something else. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about uh, women's MMA. Mm. Now that Ronda Rousey is blasting through the bantamweights, I yeah. mean, do you see anybody in her path 
present or future, that, that is even a challenge for her? Man, uh, as far Carano. as as far as signed talent right now, no, including uh, Gina, <laughs> including Gina Carano. <laughs> yes, um, you know, I, I I think Gina is very talented. I, I think she's very good. I think that would be a huge fight if she got mm-hmm. signed by the UFC. Boom. Quite possibly the, the biggest fight you can make in, in the UFC right now, men or women. But mm. um, here's the problem with Ronda Rousey is that she is so damn talented and has so many years of competing at this level right? for years. Okay, Here's a girl that at 16 years old was on a plane cutting weight for the world championships or for the Olympics. All right, mm-hmm. To have that mental mindset is a completely different level that – Few male athletes in the UFC understand. Um, you know, you have the Yoel Romero's, uh, Daniel Cormier, guys who have been there. Um, it's a completely different level when okay. you're talking about the Olympics. And I, she's she keeps getting better. Hmm. Um, she's getting more comfortable in the octagon. Man, it, honestly, no, I don't. Uh, not at 135 pounds. I just I don't see it happening. She she's. She is a beast, man, in all aspects. And a lot of it comes from just up here. The mental. The mental level. Absolutely. There's very few people who even understand that realm Where that she she's is. at. It's just scary, man. I, yeah. I it's... was talking to Jay earlier about it, and I said her mental capacity, her confidence when she walks in the cage, yeah. it's scary. You it's feel insane. it. Yeah. You feel it. And even like Misha Tate and all the others, they can put on the confident front. Right. But Ronda Rousey, you believe it. Oh, yeah. She and walks in there. She, and... she, on her last, on the on the Ultimate Fighter with Misha, um, you know, she had a couple of her guys that weren't making weight, weren't able to make mm, the weight. Yeah. So mm. she was so fed up that she got on a scale. She had everybody come over. She walked on the scale. She she got on there, showed her weight. She had to cut 17 pounds to get down to 135 or 136. 17 pounds. And she did it within a day, just to show. They shot that just to show whole thing them. in a day. It was something like it was like a day and a half. They, they didn't yeah. show that on the Ultimate Fighter. They didn't show that on the show. Shut but it was like a day and a half or something. She's like, I will make weight. I will show you guys what it takes to do the mental weight. During that time period, as she she cut like eleven pounds. She was in the sauna for a long time. She was in the sauna for a long time. She went and uh, competed against Misha. Remember that little coaches climbing challenge. thing, the coaches yeah. challenge. She did that completely dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Won it. Came back, Whoa. cut the rest of the weight, made the weight. Yeah. You know, talked to her, her wow. team. So that's how you do it. You guys are basically wimps. This is the mental level that you need. You need wow. That's the kind of that's the kind of athlete that Ronda Rousey is. Yeah. Wow. Just to, just to make a point on yeah. on on a, on a weekday. Wow. And to bring it back, yeah. Gina Carano at one point. Well, she. I mean, she had a great career in Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. She's been away from the sport for a long time. Sure. Um, your argument would be that Gina. Do you think that it's the time lapse uh, since she's been in the sport that would be kind of the the Achilles heel for it's her? It's a lot or? to ask. It's a lot to ask of uh, of any athlete to have that kind. I mean, years of not preparing for a fight, mm-hmm. uh, years of Ronda Rousey getting better. Yeah. Uh, Gina's been so focused on making movies and other things right. that. It would. It's a lot to ask of Gina to go in. Okay, here we're going to feed you Ronda Rousey. That's a tough thing. I, I would like to yeah. see Gina compete Ronda against Rousey someone gets else. Fed people. Nobody right. feeds. Yeah, exactly. It's so exactly. True. Exactly. It is so true. Exactly. They come and they go. They come mm-hmm. and they go. Yeah. And like you said, they're two different kinds of fighters. They're two different yeah. kinds of athletes. Yeah. Gina Carano was a girl who was, I think, 
20 in her 20s mm-hmm. and was sitting around drinking beer still right. where mm-hmm. ronda rousey was on a private jet plane flying through the olympics cutting yeah, weight. yeah yeah exactly i mean these are yeah. two different yeah. kinds of athletes yeah she's she's an animal Wow. What's your take on the new season, uh, the, the all-women season coming up? That's what, that shoots, I think, summertime, I believe. Yeah, right? coming up. We um, haven't shot that yet. It's cool, man. It, I, I love to see that, uh, you know, women are coming to the UFC. They're getting more divisions uh, in the UFC. I think that's going to uh, garner some interest in um, giving those those women an opportunity at uh, 125. Yeah. I, right, 125? Or 115, 115 I believe. 115, that's sorry. Uh, which, which is great, you know. And, and we're going to have a champion for the first time in history. The ultimate fighter will determine a champion, not, um, you know, have the ability to fight for a champion mm-hmm. somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. This will determine the winner of the wow. show will become the new champion That's in the UFC at yeah. 115, which okay. is cool. So, yeah. Do you think in that regard, um, will with this season, with that season of Ultimate Fighter, will it's the first time for an all-women's show. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we get a little preview of what it's like having women as fighters uh, in the house mm-hmm. uh, on the preview on Ronda's season, but... Do you think that we're going to see more of uh, more fighters in the recent seasons? What I mean is that that kind of mature, focused fighter and a bit less of the Lieben or um, right. the, the Lieben antics. Who's the other guy? Junie. Junie yeah, Browning. Yeah, I guess. You know, you know, is this, is this po- a pioneering thing that we might see? Some craziness. I mean, it's 16 women in one house. Right, yeah. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I should ask you, know, you that question, too, I, right? I, I was wanting to answer. It's possible. There may be some crazy antics, but... I mean, if you're getting the opportunity of a lifetime and you're on the show, why would you even go there? You know what I mean? Like your focus, your focus should be on winning that belt and having the opportunity to get into the UFC and and all those things. So, I mean, you have to find that balance, right? I mean, because you have to promote yourself, you have to promote yourself as a character and and get get people behind you, either for better or worse, Mm. be the villain or be the good guy. Um, But at the same time, man, your focus has to be on, on, on winning more yeah. than anything else. That's what's going to pay the bills. So. I think especially with women's. I mean, yeah. we go in, as speaking someone that's going towards that same goal, mm-hmm. uh, we also have, you know, we still have a lot of America doubting us. It's right. still a very controversial thing. So I think anybody that has, you know, Ronda Rousey's mind state, we, should take, well, we take it very seriously. Yeah. And I don't, I think especially the women are going to go in there and behave more. Yeah, you're right. They have of, to be taken seriously yeah. even more for, for, for that reason, yeah. For or sure. this thing's going to flop, like, you yeah. know. You just brought say. up uh, about characters and, you know, do you think fighters now need to have some type of character a la the, the Chelsonans, the, 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 the badass Ronda Rousey's, mm-hmm. you know, the... You know, Bisping. Michael. Bisping, yeah, right. exactly. Um, you know, GSP, the Canadian hero. You sure. Know, do you think because the Kenny I, Florian? I know, yeah. <laughs> Kenny Florian. Don't do guy. that route. Whatever you do, don't no, do not the do that route. Right. Go straight. Yeah, that the... really didn't work for you. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what do you got? How, how's the catering? Well, I, pop, you know, huh? yeah. You know, I had I had to talk a little trash. You you bring up a great point. I, you know, because I know Dana yeah. gets mad at the you know someone wins a fight and they're like, oh, I want to thank my mom, I want to thank right. Easter Bunny, I want to <laughs> thank someone else, and Dana's sitting back there and be like. Don't think the guy you know you want to kick his right. ass. Right? How know? about how about who would you like to fight next? And they go whoever the UFC gives me. It's exactly. like we know that yeah, everybody yeah. knows you're going to fight whoever the UFC yeah. gives you. How about you call out a name and make things interesting? Yeah, you right. know? yeah Kenny. Why right. don't they do that? <laughs> exactly. You're the I guy closest it. to it. Yeah, I did it. You know, I had to do it every once in a while. I used to say I finished fights and I want to kill the master or whatever the heck it was. But <laughs> it was my attempt at. Getting people behind me or against me or, or 
getting that opportunity to fight for the belt, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to do that. And, yeah. and fighters don't get that. You have to go out there and you have to be your own PR. You have to be your own marketing. You have to be your own business guy. You, you have to kind of do it all as a fighter. And you have a good team around you. But to go out there and not take advantage of a mic in your hand in front of millions of people and go, oh, well, you know, I'm just, just take, I'll fight whoever the UFC mm-hmm. gives me. Because I, I noticed a lot of fighters, Come on, they'll, be, they'll, they'll, they'll win the fight and they'll, they'll be a little bit boring in their post-fight interview yeah. with Rogan. And then you can tell in the, press, in the post-fight press conference mm-hmm. – they're a little bit changed. They, they got some energy. They right, sure. That well, that's the other thing. Because maybe they're, yeah. yeah. Right. And then, you that's know, the, true. The press conference afterwards, not as many people are watching it. Because yeah. it's most likely on the Fight Pass, yes. plug, yeah. that you can get for how much per month? Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> right. um, but then our show's on at the same time, so they're watching this. We'll bring them here, and Maria will tell them how to cut a promo right. or something. <laughs> but, um, you know... Not, not too many people are watching the Fight Pass as they are watching the pay-per-view or, or a Fox special. Right. So it's like it really doesn't count in the post-fight yeah. press conference. And yeah. when you're in there with Dana and the lights are on and you just want to fight, I mean, come on. Why not, like, You're right. A lot of it's right. kind of just, uh, you know, making the mistakes and going, okay, shoot. I didn't do a great interview. Yeah. Next time I'm going to be ready for it. Some of it's inexperienced, right? But some of the guys, that, you know— Listen, we're all respectful martial artists. We're, you know, we want to be humble and all that stuff. But if you want to make money in the sport, if you want to fight for a belt in the sport, if you want to get fans in this sport just to kind of get that interest so you can get the big-time sponsors and all that stuff, it all goes hand-in-hand with promoting yourself. Yeah. Promotion. Because I know right. and a lot of fighters don't right. get that. A lot of people were, were mad at, at Brock Lesnar for bringing his WWE character yeah, into yeah, yeah. the octagon. Right. But Brock Lesnar sold tickets. Brock Lesnar The biggest sold. thing. The big, yeah. the big, he sold more right. pay-per-view buys than anything. And you know what? Yeah. That went into his pocket. At the end of the day, whether you hated him or loved him, that one in his pocket. I, I, don't, I, 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 I thought also, too, that, well, first off, they crossed, they, it was so smart because they got a crossover audience. Mm-hmm. You had your WWE fans, your sports entertainment, and your sports fans. But, <laughs> but, um, it was, it was one of those things where the UFC, I think they liked it, but they didn't want to admit that they liked it. Sure. Yeah. Know? Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, listen, uh, there's a lot of different ways to promote yourself, and I think, as That's what fighter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> However you want to do I, it. I, you I know? loved it. I saw yeah, it yeah. last night. It came out, and you know, For you, you, you <laughs> dressed as a samurai, and me being, the, you know, yeah. a wrestling. That was fan. actually yeah. my robe. That was actually my uh, bathrobe from the hotel. I just put that on. <laughs> no, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, look at a guy like Conor McGregor, who who's come right. on the scene just recently. But everyone's talking about that kid, you know, mm-hmm. and he's. Is he talking trash? Sure, and he probably believes a lot of the stuff that he says. And right. man, but he can fight. And uh, he's going to be a superstar because of the way that he promotes himself and because of what he says when he has the mic. And it doesn't um, hurt also he's, a he's got that accent. Right, he right. stands exactly. out in the crowd. He, he's, yeah. Everybody, I, I no think doubt. you naturally feel, as a fan, you feel that charisma from certain people that you just don't That's feel right. from others. Right. I mean, yeah. they, they come out there and they either have an extreme athletic ability that you admire or they have that that crazy charisma that you admire. It's the Whether it factor. It's, it's the it factor. Yeah. You either have it or you don't. A few a few uh, athletes like uh, in other sports in the NBA, like when Charles Barkley would do things mm-hmm. or Shaquille O'Neal. These guys had uh, or Reggie Miller, and he had they had over the top personalities. And these were the few guys that played the game, but also understood what you're talking about yeah. with the camera. So you being one of those guys, it, it reminds me of other sports where. Most of them are athletes. They're all great athletes, but they're just athletes. So you got the few of them that get both angles of it. Yeah, um, yeah. You got it. You got to understand both sides of it. Um, and I think that's what if you if you yeah if you want 
to make money. If you don't want to make money, you're not here to make money. You just come. And, Fine, go and play yeah. your game. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, I think that's the you know going back to Rhonda. I, that's one thing I can tell she totally understands because oh, yeah. yes, she is the the badass inside the octagon and, mm-hmm. and leading up to the octagon. I think one of her greatest moments was when she was in Strike Force and she was backstage doing an interview and she was just burning a hole through the interview. Uh, Forgot the chick's name. I think Heidi Andrews. Heidi. Heidi. She yeah. just burned a hole through Heidi, and you yes. could see it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it was coming through on TV. But if you watch who her <laughs> friends are now, you know, with uh, Marina and Shayna and Jessamine, who are, yeah. you know, they've taken a, a wrestling gimmick and yeah. called themselves the Four Horsewomen. Yeah. And just yesterday. What they, time is it now? How long did it take for that one to kick in? But, you know, I mean, <laughs> yesterday on, on their Instagram, it's Rhonda and Shayna wrestling in the ring yeah. at, at the <clears throat> at the fight club in Glendale. Yeah. And, you know, and. Ronda's smart, you know, because Shayna's her big wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. They're sucking in the wrestling audience so much that it's bringing in the UFC product. Because, you know, right now, I mean, people can laugh and, and deny everything. The WWE has left pay-per-view. That left everything for the UFC to conquer the pay-per-view buy rates now. Right. UFC has nothing else but to go even mm-hmm. higher. You know, and that's the thing. It's like everyone's saying, you know, a, a GSP Anderson Silva fight could sell out or do very well in Dallas Stadium. Whether that fight's going to happen or not, we don't know. But I think a mega fight with Ronda Rousey could even do better, you know, buys or ticket sales in the same Absolutely. stadium. There's a lot to learn from from the WWE, you know, for sure. You know, for fighters, I mean, think about this: they're putting on fights that everybody know knows is fake. Mm-hmm. But people are still tuning in to watch. As so if it's, why as is that? If it's a sport, right? They're right. Watching it, they're yeah. watching it because they're bringing them in. It's their personalities yes, right, bringing right. them That's in. Right. So. Uh, if you can do that with a fake fight, how could you not do that with a real and, fight? And, and, right. what, and, and it just goes to show you, I mean, just the fact that UFC has a reality show right. is telling you it's about personality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it's Dana, right in front of your face. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Dana White makes yeah. that clear. Uh, that This persona, that this, he loves the gimmicks. He loves yeah. the acts. Yeah. He taunts it. He says it at, at every press conference. I mean, you Dana's know? a gimmick himself. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the guy is awesome. I mean, his press conferences, his interviews alone, it's like, you know, I mean, we're, we're in talks of actually getting Dana in studio here. And like, yeah, I was, was going to say, watch it. I was, thinking, watch well, I was thinking, you know, maybe you could set up a, a little jar here and he has to donate a hundred bucks every time. A swear jar? A swear jar. I, think we're <laughs> I like that. That's good. And we take that we'll down to <laughs> we take that down to Zealand and Beverly Hills. We can actually now afford smoothies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It pays for though. itself. That's good synergy. That's buddy. funny. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Folks, really quick, I gotta plug us on iTunes. Go to the search section, type in UFC After Buzz, listen to the show, rate us, give us five stars because the more stars you get us, the more UFC stars we have as guests. That is true. And of course, YouTube, check us out at After, uh, check out all the After Buzz shows on YouTube, search After Buzz TV to get to the official page. Uh, Kenny, I want to ask you um, on a personal level, uh, not talking so much about the UFC and your uh, professional career, you are talking to Raven here with his Boston Celtics shirt. <laughs> hey, I, I just, I just want to say real quick, I, I pulled it up. Yankees are in first place, oh, okay. okay, but and Boston is, wow. Wow, two and a half games behind. Hey, it's early. It's oh, early. They always want to Very say early. That. Boston fans always want to say it's early, but then when they're in first place, ah, oh, better than the Yankees. We're well, the world champs. What else can you say? We're the world champs right now. For now. But you know, Maria's from Boston, so I'll throw it to you guys today. There you go. Well, this kind of sets you uh, maybe uh, sets, setting yourself up for doom here, but. Uh, 
You're talking so great about Boston. How do you like the transformation from uh, Boston to L.A.? Man, <laughs> I, love, Hollywood yet? I love Boston. <laughs> I love Boston, but I can't deal with the weather. I'm so happy that I'm here. No kidding. Yeah. Well, you know, the first year and a half, I think, is tough coming to L.A. because it's a new town. It's a different culture. It's, it's, it's definitely different. Um, but how do you not love the weather? I mean, every single day, it's sunny. It's perfect weather. A lot, lot of beautiful things to see. So many different beaches and um, great restaurants. And, man, I, I love it here. I really do. I, you know, 34, 35 years of being in Boston and seeing the different seasons and all that stuff is great. How long have you been in L.A.? I've been here two, almost two and a half years. Wow. No, no, crazy. Wow. Did you move because of the job? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, flying back and forth from Boston every week would have been a lot, you know, across the country. Uh, so. It was for Fox, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I do was... I do the weekly show, you know, UFC Tonight on Fox Sports 1 every Wednesday. So it's it's been – it would have been tough going back and forth. Yeah. So I ended up uh, getting a place out here. And uh, I still have a place in Boston, but uh, – Oh, poor you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all <laughs> alone. It's all alone. Yeah. What do you, how do you spend the first couple of years here? Like what's your, your downtime? Uh, uh, let's see. What did I do? I'm sure you had a lot of doors here? open up here. I mean, a little Kenny bit. Florian's in town. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that right. Thing. All right. I'm like the, a Z-level celebrity here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, buzz. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's for the Z. Um, yeah, I, I uh, man, it, it was it was different being out here. You know, just the ability to go to all the different Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academies out mm-hmm. here is cool, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just meeting. You know, this is such a hub for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu all over the world. So mm-hmm. a lot of great practitioners over here, a lot of friends that I had over here. So that was cool and um, definitely got, got a little chubby when I got, got out here with all the great food that I was eating. But, uh, you're, not, yeah. you're not vegan yet? Tommy's or no, 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 not no. Italian food. Yeah, no, no, yeah <laughs> that's true. Co- I mean, There's I a can't... couple good Italian places that I've been to. But I tr- yeah, yeah, I try to, if I eat too much Italian, like. Everyone can. You got to be camera ready. Still, yeah, I that's know. the thing, right? Everyone can tweet at AfterBuzz and tell us some good Italian spots for King. There we to go. go to. There we go. <laughs> he knows. What, He's what other? What other, couple. what other sports do you like other than the UFC or Let's see. MMA? I, you know, I try to follow. You know what what Boston's doing a lot uh, right now. I'm I'm watching the the NHL the NHL playoffs. Um, you know, I get a couple buddies on the Bruins uh, who I, I try to support as much as possible and. Uh, what other sports do I like? Wrestling? Uh, I like wrestling. You know, not a lot of people like actual wrestling, oh. but uh, like freestyle wrestling. What do you mean and actual? I was Greco Roman wrestling. <laughs> but uh, you mean I used to like pro wrestling when I was a kid. But uh, um, yeah, so I watch that. I, I try to watch um, a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitions and stuff like that. Stuff that's going to help me kind of. I, I love it first. Number one, that's the reason I watch it. But also, it helps me. Do what I do. Grow. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you were a college soccer stuff. player. I did. I played soccer. I love. I love soccer. There <laughs> I you go. Yeah, I, yeah, I love watching UEFA Premier League and and uh, and the Spanish league. So uh, I, I do watch a lot of a lot of soccer. So yeah. How about some predictions for the yep. next UFC? UFC one seventy two. We were. That was the next thing to talk about. Now, All right. Oh. Who's that voice? Oh, my <laughs> What's going on here? The Easter Bunny. <laughs> you guys hear this? I'm about to be abducted. That's pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> I like that. All right. All right. Well, well that, that was the prediction. Shout out to our producer <laughs> in, the, in the booth That was there. our crystal ball. It was. Right when you it said was. prediction, the voice came, so here that, we go. That is what it was. <laughs> UFC 172 is coming up just uh, this coming Saturday uh, on pay-per-view. Yes. Uh, prelims will be on uh, Fox Sports 1, I believe. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Does that and, mean uh, we have to work next Sunday? 
We will be back <laughs> one week from now. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just those predictions. <laughs> um, the, of course, uh, the show is headlined by John Jones defending his light heavyweight title against Glover Teixeira, who is considered uh, another fast-rising star, finally getting his, uh, his chance in the UFC. Yeah. Um, the co-main event is Phil Davis, another light heavyweight match, Phil Davis against Anthony Johnson. Phil has been a guy that I... He really got into the UFC around the same time as John, and mm-hmm. I've, I personally have felt that they're you know kind of neck and neck. John's had a, a sharper rise up, but I think Phil is on that same uh, trajectory. Yeah. Um, and then Luke Hawk, Rockhold, pardon me, versus uh, Tim Boach at uh, middleweight, one eighty-five, just below that. Um, have you? You certainly have. Must have studied the card, or uh, you know it off the top of your head, and have some thoughts about what's coming up for this Saturday. I will for Wednesday for UFC tonight. I'll know exactly. But, uh, there you go. I'll be doing my research. Today. No, yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about this card. It's an awesome card. Um, you know, it, it going to it's going to Baltimore, I believe, for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, first so, time so that is very cool. Um, spreading the wealth a little bit. John Jones, uh, of course, his brother plays for Baltimore, so that that would be neat. And uh, man, I, I think it's going to be a great show. I think it's going to be a great show. Um, the I think the biggest story, I think, is obviously the main event uh, for for obvious reasons, it being for the title. But how John Jones is going to come back after that war with Gustafson. And mm-hmm. there was some talk uh, amongst people who knew Jones, uh, who were kind of close to him, saying that uh, he may have not only been uh, busted up physically, but may have been busted up mentally a little bit after that fight. You mm. know, maybe questioning... Uh, himself uh, a little bit um you know there's some rumors about that that uh, maybe john jones wasn't the same after the fight and you never know uh, what what a fight's going to do to you i think uh we're going to see a better john jones i, I think that john jones is only going to rise and, and get better and learn from that uh fight against gustafson which i still think that you know that was super close fight but i when i called it when i scored it i saw it a couple times i still had john jones just edging mm-hmm. him out mm-hmm. but that w- really was one that could have gone either way. But Easily, that was his yeah. toughest one oh, today. Oh, my God. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and uh, now John Jones is going against a guy in Glover Teixeira who has a ton of confidence. Mm-hmm. He's got knockout power. He has tremendous wrestling. Uh, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt uh, who will beat you up on the mat or will submit you. Um, and everyone who has trained with Glover Teixeira believes in him. I mean, everyone who's mm-hmm. trained with Glover Teixeira, who's been around him, says he will absolutely beat John Jones. And when you go around throwing those words... That's a, that means a lot because to me, lot. yeah, to John, to me, John Jones is the most talented dude in the UFC. Period, mm-hmm. and, and that guy is another level of talent and athleticism and skill. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I'm very, very intrigued by uh, Saturday night's main event. It's gonna okay, happen. yeah, coming up. So, what would you say for the co-main huge. between Phil Davis, Anthony Johnson? Is uh, man, that's, he's a, he's an interesting storyline mm-hmm. unto itself. Yeah, right? and that's another great fight, Anthony Johnson, who was. Who came into the UFC at 170 pounds had trouble making it 170, of course. Three weight classes below yeah. for the casual fans. Yeah, and I don't know how he made it uh, mm-hmm. when he did. Um, and then he fought at 185 and was having trouble making 185. That's how big yeah. he was. And finally, someone's like, "Dude, you're a 205 pounder. Just fight at 205." And he's been knocking everybody out. He mm-hmm. actually fought at heavyweight and won a couple fights at heavyweight, That's knocking right. guys yeah. out. So this guy is a beast. Very talented. Um, certainly a better striker than Phil Davis, hmm. but Phil Davis is a very smart competitor, um, obviously a tremendous wrestler with an excellent pedigree in wrestling. Um, so that's an intriguing fight. As far as who's going to take it, um, I guess I'll go with Phil Davis. Mm-hmm. I could I could see it going the other way, but I think Phil 
um, is coming into his own right now. He's getting better, and I, I, I kind of see Phil Davis uh, winning this by decision. Yeah. yeah. When you mentioned it, actually, uh, we were talking about Anthony coming back. It occurred to me there's that maturity uh, curve as well that a lot of fighters have to get through to really break into the, the higher echelon. Mm-hmm. And Anthony certainly had that, I think, in a very yeah. public forum with all of his uh, the weight issues in the past and then leaving the UFC, fighting outside, and coming back. Right. That's got to be quite a lesson that he's got under his belt by now. Yeah, say. yeah, absolutely, and, and he must appreciate the opportunity of being mm-hmm. here back in the UFC. You know, yeah. he, he, and this is where he belongs. Definitely, there, there's no doubt. I think he's paid his dues. He won on a tremendous win streak, mm-hmm. knocked out some some very tough guys, and uh, for him to go in there and knock out Phil Davis, that puts him into the picture oh, immediately. Yeah. So, right away. Uh, another awesome opportunity for him. Uh, not only coming back, but having that fight against someone like Phil Davis is mm-hmm. huge for him. And, Again, I I could see AJ getting the getting the win against Phil as well. Mm. So. Luke Rockhold and Tim Boach. You know, um, I think uh, we've seen a little bit of a dip in in Tim Boach. Um, I think Luke Rockhold uh, is still probably a little sour from his knockout uh, loss to to Vitor Belfort. I think that Luke Rockhold is one of the more talented and athletic dudes in the UFC. Um, you know, he, he comes from a, a family of athletes and. Um, Luke has been training very hard. He's been looking like a beast from what I hear over at AKA. And um, I think that uh, it's Luke's fight uh, to lose. I, I think Luke mm-hmm. should, should win it. Um, he should be able to beat Tim Boach. But Tim's got power in his hands, man. We saw him against Okami. He was losing the fight, losing the fight, came back for a knockout win against Okami. So Boach is a guy who's never going to never gonna quit. He's going to stay, you know, he's going to try to win all the way to the end, and he's got that knockout power that you got to watch out for. And, yeah. and he does have good wrestling, but um, Luke's a tough guy to fight at 185, man. I think Luke should, should get the win. Yeah. It's an exciting lineup, even if uh, for casual fans, these some of these names may not be the guys that you recognize right off the top. Uh, go back and study them and be prepared for Saturday because this, like we saw yesterday, um, I think there's a lot of fireworks in store for this one. I think it's going to be a good show. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. one of those sleeper shows because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much UFC on right now, so much product. There you know, is. between the, the Fox, between the pay per views, between uh, FS, uh, Fox Sports One. There's a lot of the UFC. Fight Pass going available fight for nine ninety nine at UFC.com. <laughs> exactly. Nice <laughs> buck. There, there's so much going on, but, you know, we have like these sleeper shows. And I think, you know, like the show last night, I think when they go to a town for the first time, everyone tries to give it them all, their all. Mm-hmm. And you have John Jones going into his hometown defending his title. Mm-hmm. His brother's, well, where his brother is. Training and yeah. uh, the football yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, he's from Rochester, New York, Uck State. Well, Shout out to Nick Tahoe's garbage plate. <laughs> oh wow! What is that? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you later. Oh, well, I, but you know, it, it's it's going to be very very interesting, and you know, I I think this is going to be. I'm going to go out and say it could be one of the better pay per views of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Jones always puts on an interesting fight. Whether you know, whether oh, yeah. it's win, super lose. compelling. Everything John yeah. Jones does is great, especially his Twitter page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go there. If you read that the past week. I have, a, I have a question for our guest, though, real quick. You were talking earlier about the weight classes. You are a man who mm-hmm. fluctuated weight classes more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, you fought four different weight classes, and I'm yeah. pretty sure four titles in different ways. Uh, so two, two titles. So two titles. Two, two, titles and two, you know, two different weight classes. Three title fights, two different weight classes. Okay. But and the fourth one um, was tough. Yeah, was so tough on the Ultimate Fighter, you know, people are like, man, 
you know, I can't believe you lost all that weight. But I was like, a lot of it, was, I was kind of forced to do it because they, they had it at 185 <laughs> and I was, uh, again, a natural 155 pounder. That really should have been my weight class all along. But people forget that the lowest weight class they had back then, it was 170. Mm-hmm. So right. the opportunity of being on The Ultimate Fighter, they said, hey, listen, we love you for the show. Would you want to do it? It's going to be at 185. And, of course, me not having a lot of experience, I was like, uh, yeah, I'll try sure. it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Again, that thing where we didn't know what was going to happen right. with the series exactly. and the stars. You're right. right. And, and so I just tried that. So that was the first weight class. And then, obviously, immediately after the show wrapped, I was like, 170. Uh, fought at 170 uh, a couple times. Um, and then once they brought 155 back, I, you know, I was at 155 for the majority of my career where I should, I should have been. Right. And then at 145, it was a little bit too low. Was it more difficult? That was brutal. Was it more difficult for you to keep the weight off or put it on? Um, it was, it was way tougher to keep it off. You know, getting down to 145 pounds was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. And, and hopefully will be the most difficult thing I've ever done. <laughs> that was tough, man. I, I was on like, you know, for months, like 1500 calories a day and training three times a day was, was, was tough. Well, you got your, mm-hmm. real you got, quick, uh, is prior, I know we have to wrap it up really, really soon. Yeah. How is the catering at Fox? <laughs> it's good, man. They Speaking take care of, not of us. Put it, keeping the weight off. Yeah. <laughs> they take care of us, and yeah, uh, yeah. a big reason why I kind of blew up in weight when I first came to LA was because of that of that Fox. catering. Yeah, they 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 have some really evil stuff there that they bring us. <laughs> well, Kenny, Kenny, we want uh, we all want to thank you very much for stopping Absolutely. in. It's been a pleasure thank talking you. to thank you. Thank you guys. Great talking to you guys. Uh, stop by anytime. Uh, and UFC 172 live from Baltimore only on pay-per-view. We will be back here like you said next Sunday. I think we have a special guest too. We'll probably talk about that later this mm-hmm. week on Twitter. Well, we'll be back April 27th. Darn right tootin'. And who knows who, There's who knows. <laughs> but, but don't forget, also, Chasing Maria Menudo's Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. on the Oxygen Network. It's on my DVR. And I just want to let everybody know, myself personally, you can catch me doing color commentary for the NBA D-League's L.A. Lightning. We're going to be doing games in Venice Beach and Thousand Oaks. Go to lalightning.net. And you can catch me on Twitter at Raven1220. You can check out my website, DariaRay.com. University of MMA comes back Fight Night 7 on Sunday, June 1st, Club Nokia downtown. Also, Mom, don't forget to turn off the oven. And, and uh, Kenny, uh, if, if you want to address anybody right now. Uh, you know, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you to uh, AfterBuzz TV and, uh, you know, the UFC for everything they've done for, for me and my career. And, uh, yeah. Any Twitter All page? the big dogs. Instagram? Yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, um, at Kenny Florian, everything Kenny all together. Florian. So there you go. Boom. All right. Wait, guys, just want to say, keep up to date with our show because we are going to have some special guests coming up. Yes, we will. We're doing some private interviews this week as well. That's right. All right. So we will see you next time. And like Derry just said, stay tuned because some very special guests are going to be joining us again and again right here at UFC After Buzz. We'll see you next week, fans. Raiders on iTunes. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.